Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes, but each day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith, because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. Help people in your life by getting them into God's word, help them to change their life, to grow in their faith, to come to God. You may help somebody even get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but also for you. So share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around and you may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study. We're talking about heart problems. And this particular one is about worry. Now, we've gone through a series of those already, those heart problems that we focused upon. We've talked about, we've talked about hatred. We've talked about gossip. We've talked about laziness. And this particular one is worry. So we're looking at a general theme, heart problems. We're not talking about physiological heart that's in our chest and pumps blood through the circulatory system. I've emphasized that's not the focus. That's not the kind of heart problem we're talking about. That's physiological, that's medical. We're talking about something that's much deeper and really basically spiritual. A lot of of problems of the heart. We're talking about the mindset, our morality, our conscience, our soul. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about heart problems. And basically, when somebody says, I believe with all my heart, that's really what they're referring to. And even Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 19 talked about how evil, wickedness, sinfulness, it comes from the heart because it is the product of the condition of our heart, how we have conditioned our heart. Now, so we've, we've talked about, and, and we, we focused on Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 through 34 in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus talked about necessities of life. And in those 10 verses, five times he said, do not worry, or taught against worrying. Five times in 10 verses. Now, he's not minimizing the needs that we would have for the necessities of life, food and clothing, and we might even add shelter to that, but he's he's simply talking about keep things in proper perspective. And so he closed that particular text by saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You see, a person who is walking with God in consistent faithful obedience Well, he's got an advantage over everybody else in the world because he's got a focus in his life that can can help him realize, yeah, these whole lot of things that people worry about, they're not necessarily things that we need to be worrying about. He's focused on getting to heaven, and that is the most important goal, the most important reality in a person's life. Or if that's not their real focus in life, It's the most important goal and reality that should be in their lives. Everything else is secondary to getting to heaven. Now, let's look at one of the classifications of worry that I 
I just mentioned last time as we closed. And that is, you know, I'm talking about what kind of things do we worry about? Well, a lot of times we worry about things that have already happened. Already happened. Now, if it's already happened, why worry about it? But that a whole lot of people. We worry about things that have already happened. Some people, we might say, you know, the old expression, they're just plain worry warts. You know, they worry all the time. They worry about things that have already happened. They worry about some things that probably will happen, and they, they cannot stop from happening. And then they worry about things that probably never will happen. But they worry. They're just always looking for something to worry about. Well, something somebody said or did or something that happened that had an effect on you or someone you know and care about, is it legitimate to feel concern about some things that have already happened that were negative, maybe even brought sorrow to your life? Well, sure, it's legitimate to feel concern. But can worry help the matter? Can worry change what happened already? Can worry make it not have happened? You see, you can't go back and make it not have happened. It happened. Well, can worry fix it? Can worry make it better? Can worry erase it from your memory or the memory of others involved? Someone has asked the rhetorical question (laughs) by way of illustration, have you ever tried to saw sawdust? (laughs) It's an impossibility, isn't it? Have you ever tried to put toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube? doesn't work, does it? Do you think you could reverse the flow of a river in order to get the water back on the front, on the front side of a bridge? You see, worry will not undo anything that's already been done. You can address the matter by taking thoughtful, positive steps that may deal effectively with the situation after it happened, but worry will not accomplish anything useful in trying to maybe deal with that situation. It's already happened. Do the best you can now to try, if, if it can be fixed, to fix it, but you can't make it not have happened. Worrying is not going to help you focus on a solution to whatever that is that has already taken place. Now, let me say this from a spiritual perspective. If sin is involved, then you can deal with that effectively by seeking God's forgiveness. Jesus came into this world to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27. He is the one time for all time perfect sacrifice. He tasted death for all mankind, Hebrews 2 and verse 9. God sent him as our savior. Now, as we come to him seeking forgiveness, we've got to put repentance in there. That's got to come first. Now, that's going to be a change of mind that leads to a change in lifestyle. I'm going to turn away from this sin. I'm going to really try to the best of my ability, and I'm going to seek God's help to, make, to, to help me be successful consistently. That's repentance. And then we seek God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ as we are baptized into him for the remission or the forgiveness of our sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Saul of Tarsus, who would later become the apostle Paul, 
before he became a Christian, he was an enemy of Christ. He was an enemy of Christianity, of Christians. He'd hunt them down. But he came to his senses. He came to understand his mistake. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus sent a Christian man named Ananias to Saul of Tarsus. And Saul was wanting to know what he needed to do. Ananias said, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. So if you've not taken that step, then you can take that step and you can be assured of your forgiveness if sin is your problem. You say, well, I did that. I am a Christian, but I, but I still struggle with sin. Okay. First John, First John chapter 1 and verse 9 The Apostle John wrote this. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, John's writing that to Christians there. Even Christians still make mistakes. Now, that's not living in a lifestyle of sinfulness on an ongoing basis, but it's, yeah, okay, we make a mistake. We let out a curse word. We do something that we realize that was, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. That was sinful. Okay. Recognize that, repent of that, and go to God in prayer in the name of Christ. And God has said, I'm ready to forgive you. I'm ready to forgive you of all unrighteousness. There's no need, there is no need to carry that burden of sin with you when you can be forgiven. You don't need to keep worrying about sin in your life if, you, if you're ready to put it out of your life in the right way. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, the prophet wrote this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. But if you'll come to him in repentance seeking his forgiveness, he will hear, and he will listen, and he will respond, and he will, re- and he will forgive. Now, we're talking about heart problems, aren't we? Well, what did Ezekiel write in Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 31 and 32? Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed. Turn away from that sinfulness. Seek God's forgiveness. Repent. And get yourself a new heart, Ezekiel wrote. Now, listen to that again. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. So repentance again, literally a change of mind, but inherently understood within that change of mind is a change of direction in your life. You're turning away from sin. You're going to put that out of your life. And so if you come to God, now again, why did God send Jesus into the world? God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. So he bore our sins on his person on the cross, dying to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. 
2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. So you can be forgiven. Come to God. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ as God's Son and your Lord and Savior and surrender to him in baptism and the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago. It'll cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, even today. If you have already done that properly and you say, I slipped back into sin, okay, repent again and come to God in prayer and seek his forgiveness in prayer in the name of Christ. And he is ready. He's waiting for you to do that. And he's willing, he's, he wants to forgive. But you've got to take the steps. And God has already promised, if you will, I will forgive. Peter and John told a new Christian who had slipped back into a sinful mindset. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 22, Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. And so there's the avenue. You can seek God's forgiveness through prayer in the name of Christ, even after you've become a Christian and you slipped up again. There's no need to worry about things that have already happened. And if it's sin in your life that you're worried about, you can be forgiven if you will come to God properly for that forgiveness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us so much that you have made the way for us to be forgiven of our sins. And we can have confidence that you have forgiven us when we come to you in those ways. And we don't have to worry about those things anymore. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.